0: This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Corinne Altamare. Thanks for being on the show, Corinne. Thank you, Whitney, for having me. Working full-time, I did the same thing, and it's difficult working every night, week, and holiday, sometimes up at 5 a.m., or some, sometimes taking calls in, different things. But for you, talk about some of the tech that you leveraged, because I know you all are also management in-house as well, which I, I love that, that you all are that hands-on. Let's get into some of the technology that you all have utilized to, to make that happen.
1: Sure. So heavy, heavy use of templates. We invested very early on into a full property management system. We use Propertyware, which is a real page company. And it was it was an expensive move to make very early on, but we made that investment because we knew that we wanted to grow and we didn't want to waste our time bumbling around with self-made operations. So we purchased and, and invested heavily in really utilizing the full strengths of propertyware which has built-in DocuSign Mail Merge. I mean it's it's a very very powerful tool. I could probably spend the whole hour talking about it. So we did that. We also established templates so that we're not sending out email messages For the various repetitive scenarios that come up, we already, we have a standard process. We know what sort of communication we send out depending on the scenario, all sorts of automated notifications and reminder settings for when it comes to leasing and marketing, we use a product called ShowMojo that was really a game changer for us. The amount of time that we spent back and forth answering phone calls, setting up showings and all of that, we saved all of that when we converted over to ShowMojo, which if your listeners are not familiar with that and they're in property management, leasing or marketing, I highly, highly recommend checking it out. Sure, Mojo. Show Mojo, S-H-O-W-M-O-J-O. I could spend far too much time talking about it. Check it out. So leveraging those systems. And then for our investor management, we use IMS, Investor Management Services, which presents to our investors... A portal that consolidates all of their investments with us. It's a very clean presentation of all the financial data, as well as for new offerings. It streamlines the process as far as they all go through IMS. So it's not us fielding various phone calls and emails kind of outside of the system and then having to pull it all together. We, we funnel everything through our IMS portal and it also helps us manage the distributions when, when it comes time for that. So those are some of the technology. Those are really the biggest heavy hitters, PropertyWare, ShowMojo, and IMS.
0: Nice. And maybe elaborate a little bit on ShowMojo. And so We haven't heard of PropertyWare either on, on the show, I don't think, before. So let me ask you about that first as well. Is that for somebody that's strict? I mean, they're doing all the property management themselves, or would that be for maybe? I'm not sure what property wear does for you, but it sounds like it's all the property operations or management operations. Is that correct?
1: It's our entire back end system for managing the properties. So all of the information about a property, all of its details, you can set up within the calendar and maintenance function. You can set up automated reminders for forward looking maintenance issues. Whether you need to, you know, every spring or fall, schedule some sort of cleanup for the property or what have you. It's also how we keep all of the tenant information. So, all of the application fee comes, the application fee and application process comes through PropertyWare so that the prospect is directly fed into the system. That makes it very simple to screen them. Collect all of their supporting documentation from application to conversion into moving in, and then it's a click of a button to convert them into a tenant, activating their tenant portal. So, similar to our investors. They have one login, they see all of their lease documentation is pre-populated, they have a ledger, they can pay online, they can communicate with us through a chat feature within the portal, and it's one central place for the multiple members of our company to see all of that, right? So I don't have to check in with our leasing agent and say, hey, did so-and-so get back to you about XYZ maintenance issue? If we're using the system properly and it allows for all of this, then the tenant entered a, a work order, we responded, there's a communication thread directly on the work order so I can go there within our system and see exactly who spoke to whom, about what, and where things stand. And so it makes the process much more streamlined. It also provides the tenants our accountability, right? They can see when they entered a work order, when we responded, who we sent out there, and when it was closed and what exactly was done to close it. So they're not making a phone call and leaving a a voicemail that maybe goes unanswered for days, weeks, months on end when I moved from Los Angeles to Philadelphia, I was a renter. And when I got into property management, I swore that I would not be, I had a less than stellar experience. So that's our way of staying accountable to our tenants. And the owners also have their owner portal login so they can see the same thing. They can see the maintenance work orders. They see the receipts that are attached to those. They nice. see where their money is going and in real time because everything goes through property work. So as soon as we enter it there, the owners can log in and see it. There's no lag. There's, it's really complete transparency.
0: Show mojo, is that something that's just for building templates or is that is it more than that? Who is the ideal person to need that?
1: Showmojo is marketing and leasing. So you could have, if owners are self-managing, you could definitely use it and plug it into however else you're operating your portfolio. Essentially, what it does is you create the listing once within their platform, and it disperses it out to 50 plus websites So you don't have to be creating the listing across Zillow, across Hoppads, across all the different... It saves you time there as far as the syndication aspect of it. And then with Showmojo also, you can set it up so that when people uh, submit email inquiries, Showmojo will automatically send a response to those email inquiries. So you can imagine how much time that saved us in responding to and it's within minutes that that the inquiry email comes in and you can completely customize the response so we always send you know the full listing right now because we're in in lockdown we're doing 3d virtual tours so sharing the link to that for interested applicants to to do that on their own time before speaking further with us so that was really the the time saver and the power of show mojo they also have a if you're doing self Tours. They have lock boxes that you can set up on the property where prospective applicants can enter their information. We require ID and a credit card before they can get access to the lock box. And the lock box gives a generated code that is good for one hour for the applicant to walk through the property. And we're notified when the lock box is accessed for them to take out the key. And then when it's accessed again for them to remove it, and we have, should anything go wrong, we have their ID and their credit card on file.
0: Wow. I like that. We'll have to look into that a little bit more. That's very interesting. Appreciate you sharing that. Then while we have a few more minutes, I want to get into your company a little more and your all's focus a little bit. And then also, I know you all are starting a blind fund as opposed to doing funds on individual properties like a lot of syndications or syndicators do. And so, I want to get into that just a little bit, maybe the thought process behind doing a blind fund versus the way you used to do it and just kind of what, you know, your all's focus is right now in the industry.
1: Sure. So, we really had a strong track record in multifamily. We purchased mostly 2014, 2015, 2016. And then... We found that the margins were getting thinner and thinner, right? It was getting much more competitive in the multifamily space because of our desire to be hands-on. We wanted to stay somewhere within the two to three mile radius of Philadelphia where we could get to the asset easily and and keep an eye on things. So we pivoted into self-storage, and our most recent syndication was a thirty five thousand square foot self storage facility closer to Lancaster area, so still reachable from philadelphia and up until now we've each syndication has been its own entity, G, standard GPLP structure with our company serving as the GP and all of our investors being limited partners. And we're very happy with the self-storage space. So we fully expect our future acquisitions to be within either self-storage or affordable living, affordable lifestyle assets. So we are looking at manufactured home communities or, or RV parks as an affordable family vacation home destination sorts of investments. So we are looking at those while our base is still in multifamily. So we'll continue keeping our eyes and ears open across all of those different asset classes. The pool fund we're setting up so that we can move quicker. We're expecting as we recover or, or reestablish the new normal coming out of COVID-19, we're expecting there to be plenty of well-capitalized players that are just waiting for the blood to hit the streets and and make some acquisitions at prices that we couldn't have achieved up until now. So we're setting up the fund so that we are able to move quickly once we identify the right project.
0: Our guest is Dylan Marma. Thanks for being on the show, Dylan. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Get us started with some tech that you've used or you've seen. Now you know lots of operators in the business as well and what you've seen to be most productive
2: and what you all use. So the first thing I'm going to mention before I go into it is the biggest piece of advice that I can offer when you're adopting to a technology stack is don't get married to one platform. I remember having this sort of idealistic, View at first of I'm going to find the best platform ever and sift through a million of them and find one thing that sticks and it's going to be with me for the next 10 years. But the reality is that technology is always changing. Programs are becoming obsolete. New things are coming out. And you really just have to get started and having some sort of a platform in place for all of the different moving pieces within your business. And over time, you may find that certain programs become obsolete. You may find that certain things are just not working out for you or the cost structure keeps going up. So it doesn't make sense for you on a financial level anymore. So you really just have to be fluid and accepting that there is going to be some burnt time in learning the softwares. And you're going to have to make transitions occasionally. And that's just going to be a part of the day-to-day in the business, I believe, if you want to continue to embrace technology and stay at the highest level of efficiency. In you your own don't basis. know
0: what you don't know, right? And there's so much of it about a platform or software technology, you're not going to know
2: that it does or doesn't do until you get in and start using it. Exactly. And relearning the next one is always much easier, right? It's right. Only, if you're if you're using an email management software, it's super easy to get plugged in with the new one. Once you're already familiar with the first one, that's what I find. So it's usually just getting started with each of these platforms. And then adopting to the new one is usually not all that different. A lot of these have the same core functionalities in place.
0: Are you about to start a podcast or producing a podcast and tired of doing the editing yourself? We have produced over 1000 daily shows and the production team that I've created. They're now available to produce shows for you as well. We can do as little or as much as you need from finding and communicating with guests preparing introductions, to editing the audio and video. You will sound better, have a more professional presence, and be able to spend your time doing other valuable tasks on your business. Let me know you're interested by emailing me directly at Whitney at LifeBridgeCapital.com. Go on. So yeah, let's just jump into some different parts of the business. I know we've briefly mentioned like emails and just managing deals, managing investors, you know, different things. So let's just jump into some specific software.
2: So, a few of the key ones that you'll want to think about having in place for yourself. Number 1 is a project management software. Project management softwares are becoming increasingly popular right now and you're seeing Asana being a lead one. That's definitely my favorite one because it's great for being able to track reoccurring rhythms that take place in your business, things that occur every week, things that occur every month, right? And being able to manage workflows within Asana. So project management software is great for keeping vendors accountable. If you're doing a major rehab project, it's great to have timelines and deadlines in there and have them in sync with that. I use it avidly on the development side for our own software company, Equity Tree, which I'll discuss in a minute. And then... Project management is also super important for your rhythm. So if you send out a monthly investor newsletter, having that maintained in your software and having even pre-deadlines in place, subtasks in place to build and manage, when do you want to have the content uploaded? When do you want to have the editor review the newsletter before it goes out? Right, Things along those lines. So project management is basically in place to be able to capture all the day-to-day tasks and responsibilities. And you really want to think about every single thing that takes place each month and try to upload that into your project management software. So the big ones for that are, are Asana and monday.com. Then there's your email management software. Your email management software, the big ones that come to mind for this are oftentimes there's Active Campaign, there's Constant Contact, there's MailChimp. I think MailChimp, there's HubSpot does some email management. It also does some CRM stuff. But I think Mailchimp's the free one and that's where a lot of people start off and it really does a lot of the the essentials there. Over time I've adopted into using ActiveCampaign. Again, very affordable and it does a lot of automation functions very well. So if you want to think about when someone opts into your newsletter or something along those lines and you want to send them an automated email as soon as they opt in or every every so often you want to have some kind of a drip campaign where they get a series of emails from you educating them or something to that effect, ActiveCampaign is a great one. And with email management software, you want to pay attention to and do your homework on what's going to give you the highest deliverability rates because email service providers are cracking down on deliverability. And that's why it's very important that you have a warm list in place that you upload to these and you're paying attention to how are you going to get the highest level of deliverability because there's nothing worse than having a big email list and half your emails don't go through. So (laughs) having a good email management software with good practices in place is helpful.
0: Now, is that... I mean, it's like your CRM, right? Your customer relationship management tool. Do you use ActiveCampaign for that? Or do you have a separate system for actually managing your calls and you know just information and
2: things like that? Notes maybe you're taking from investor calls or something. Mm-hmm. So that's actually where I was going to go next with the CRM. It's funny because I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people in this industry are not really familiar with the difference between an email management software and a CRM. But a CRM is more of the actual workflow that takes place when someone opts in and the status as to where they are. So if they're a potential investor, it's seeing how they're converting in terms of being a non-pre-existing relationship to being pre-existing or to being an actual investor or something to that effect. And with the CRM, what I've actually started using is... I don't know if it's newer, but it's not as widely known. It's called Airtable. Airtable is similar to Monday.com in a sense, but it's like an Excel sheet on steroids in the sense of you can upload all of your contacts and you can put in formulas so that every 45 days or every 90 days, it'll ping you if you haven't stayed up to date with them. So I use that as more of just a... Not even just for customer relationship, but a general relationship management platform. So I have all of my broker contacts in place, all of my vendor contacts in place, and I have which locations they live in in addition to tags for which locations they invest into or which locations they cover on their own front. And I find it's a really effective way to be able to keep up to date on those relationships because this is a relationship-based business. So I highly encourage using that for either for investors, for brokers, for vendors, for your CPAs, or right? anyone that you want to be able to keep in contact with and keep rhythms with even i even use it for my my friends and my family just as a place where i can store their contacts so i know of who my close friend group is that i want to be able to touch base with every so often and having that hosted within there just makes life simpler and then taking notes and making comments you can reference some things you've covered previous times you've spoken is very useful dropbox versus google
0: drive or any preferences there
2: well, I like Dropbox, personally, just because of the way that it syncs. I mostly am using a Mac. So throughout the day, day-to-day, I like the way that Dropbox pulls up on the Mac. And the PC is pretty much the same thing. Google Drive, I think, has been a bit of a challenge with a lot of real estate investors because of the way that it syncs with Excel sheets. We use a lot of Excel and that's a bulk of a lot of our documents. And I know for a while, they weren't really compatible. Your Excel would have to convert to Google Sheets. I think they may have now released to where there's a workaround and you can upload directly with Excel. But I think ever since that, I ran into that challenge. It's why I've kind of stuck with the, uh, with more sure. of the Dropbox. Okay. And then lastly, to discuss on the investor management software. So Equity Tree is the company that Katerine and I founded you know, about a year ago, and we've released and, and launched uh, live you know, about four months ago. And it's basically an investor management software, which is playing the role of being able to manage your day-to-day interactions with investors when it pertains to your actual deals, when it pertains to uploading a deal and being able to present that deal to them and tracking the status on the deal, tracking your soft commitments, tracking your investments been tracking the status on those investments, who signed the documents, who hasn't, who's wired money, who hasn't, and so on during that capital raise. I think that's one of the most hectic time periods. For anyone that's been through that, you know that. (laughs) So it's important to have something in place to be able to track how the fundraising is going. And then the one thing that we've done that I would say is unique versus what a lot of other softwares are offering is we're really putting an emphasis on what takes place after the money is raised. And after the deal is invested on, we're we're really doubling down on what we call a deal performance dashboard, which actually will show the ongoing performance of the deal month to month and quarter to quarter on actual versus projected. So you can set up your budgets in there and then track how you're doing pertaining to those budgets. And then you can also store the variances that you have as far as why are you missing the mark on your utilities? Maybe you got double billed, or why is payroll going up? And being able to explain that and, and kind of giving them a, a dynamic PL that replaces a lot of PDFs with asterisks. Um, so that's been a, a big mission of ours with Equity Tree. And then beyond that, the other thing that we are doing is we're really building a, a bit of a community around it in the sense of being able to help operators get better with all different aspects of building their technology stack or doing their marketing and getting inbound. Investors in place managing or handling their investor relations and, and things like that. So that's that. And there are a number of other softwares out there for investor management softwares. It's something that really sprung out a few years ago, but I feel like it's happened so quickly that it's becoming almost an industry standard now that you have some kind of a place that your investors can log into. It's, for those that aren't familiar with it, it's almost like your investors all get their own login. That's almost acts like an online bank account. Like if you're logging into Vanguard and you can track your investment performance on previous investments, or you can see prospective investments and make your commitments on there. So yeah, it's quickly rose and, and became uh, you know standard to have something in place like that.
0: Just the document process alone, funding a deal, it just automates all that so much. It's so handy. But you know, as far as Equity Tree and some of these other platforms, is there a way that something like that has helped your all's funding process or anything that stands out to you from, I don't know, what you know about other platforms and Equity Tree and just going through that process? Of, if uh, somebody that's listening hasn't done that yet, maybe you're pursuing that first deal. It's a lot to get 100, 150 investors through a raise. There's always numerous that have trouble with documents or whatever. But what about you, Dylan? Anything that's specific to you that said, you know what, this just really saves so much time for us?
2: Well, I can speak from my own experience. At one point, we were spending over $15,000 a year on software to just wow. handle the, the the same functions that this does. And I think that the pain of writing that size check was part of what inspired this in the first place because I saw the value of having that software, and I'll get into that. But I also saw that spending over $1,000 a month for just one of the tools in your capital stack, it seemed like a disproportionate amount of money going towards that one tool versus everything else that you're using is maybe hundred bucks a month or so on, right? So we wanted to make something that's more in alignment on a price point with the other tools that we covered as part of your technology stack, because you really shouldn't be spending more than you know several hundred dollars a month on software to be able to manage all the day to days in this business, because none of it is all that complex. Now, where I personally found the biggest benefit is during the capital raise, because if you don't have something like this in place it's probably going to be all stored on either dropbox and maybe some of it you can track on the project management softwares that we discussed and you can kind of track their status and track their documents but when you think about The fundraising process, oftentimes if you have a webinar, there's going to be a gigantic amount of email chains going back and forth. If you say, hey, if you're interested in investing, just send me an email and let me know how much you want to invest or something like that. Then you're going to have a lot of these different email chains you're going to be managing. And then back and forth is going to say, okay, after you get that email, okay, here's a subscription agreement. Okay, let me know when you sign that. Then I have to go and get that back. And then, hey, here's the wire information, which you might not want to be sending over email anyway. You probably want to find an alternative way to to send that information just for security purposes. And then from there, once you find a way to send them that information, then you have to confirm who's gotten that in. So then you know, if you have a deal where you have 25 investors, you have these 25 different email chains going on. And then beyond that, you have to also be tracking the status on something else and where where are they in the process. And then you have to be saving all of their signed documents in a Dropbox folder and, and keeping that folder in place and you know maybe sharing it with them so they can go back and reference it when they need to. And then they have to have this Dropbox link that they hold on to and save versus it all being done in one central location. right? It'll also avoid a lot of the stuff where at the end of the year, they reach out to you with, Hey, can you send me that email again with the last 4 months of statements? And can you send me my subscription agreement again? I I lost it. right? You, You have it all in one place, one hub. So there's a lot less of that back and forth. And I think it just creates a better experience for everybody.